Hello, and welcome to the Girls Going Corporate podcast, where we discuss all things career networking to empower you to go after your dream career. My name is Rosa Stansel. I'll be writing solo on today's episode because I want to talk with you about the elevator pitch, specifically how to successfully create and use an elevator pitch. This is such an important topic when it comes to networking that I've been wanting to cover. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. So I recently went to an in-person networking event where I had to make use of an elevator pitch. Luckily, before the event, we were given tips to formulate an effective elevator pitch and given sort of a very formal training on how to do this. So today I'm going to share those tips with you and what I learned from my experience using an elevator pitch at an in-person event. And I'm going to break it down into 10 main tips. For those of you that have never heard of an elevator pitch, essentially it's a brief, think about 30 seconds way of introducing yourself, getting across a few key points, and making a connection with someone, typically in a networking professional setting. So to get into the 10 tips, the first is going to be to note the position of what you're saying in your pitch. So basically the order of what you're saying. So think about it, when someone's talking to you, you usually remember the first and last things they say. So the same thing is going to be true in your pitch. If you really want people to walk away with a few main points, a few key things about you, put it at the beginning or the end to be most memorable. Another way to emphasize key points about yourself or what you're talking about is to use repetition. So whether you say things a few times or mention a skill you have a few times to really nail that idea down and get it across, definitely do that. The second tip is body language. This is so important, even though this will not be something that you actually sit and think about or write down, it's definitely something to be intentional about when you're making use of your elevator pitch and just in general, honestly, um, in a professional setting, body language is key. Good posture, you know, confident posture. And one thing that we also learned in our session about elevator pitches was to take up space and the importance of taking up space with your body language and how psychologically that does well for us when we do so. So whether that means you sort of greet somebody with a hand gesture or a wave or just having that good posture, taking up space. And I don't know if this is scientifically proven, but I'm on the shorter side. So I actually decided to wear some pretty high heels to my event. And at least for me, I do think this helped with me just being at the same eye level as people, feeling more confident, having good posture, um, and taking up space. So for me, that was one way that worked. Again, I don't know if that's scientifically proven, but um, if you're short, maybe that's something to think about for yourself as well. And then tip three is first impression. So you need to always sort of be on, be alert at an event like this or in a networking event, a career fair, whatever this is for you, because people make their first impression of somebody within the first seven seconds of looking at them. So if you work so hard and create the best elevator pitch ever, but you're slouching over, you look tired, you don't really look like you want to be there, something's off, even if you're not wearing the right thing, perhaps it's really going to hurt the impression of you, even if you did such a good job in the elevator pitch. That's why it's so important to really just be on, be alert at all times, because that first impression happens even before you open your mouth to start your elevator pitch. Tip four. This one is my favorite because it's so simple um, and pretty easy to apply, just not something you might naturally think of, and it's to use how to. 
So how-to immediately catches a person's attention. This is a phrase that we as people are drawn to because we want to know how. And if you look at the top TED Talks, many of them are actually titled, or the title starts with, how-to blank. And so using this in your elevator pitch can really be a good strategy of getting somebody's attention and then also keeping it. So a quick example that was used in our session. So for example, with my elevator pitch, before the session, I had thought I was just going to say something like, my case, start with my case study is about this. And then after I learned the how-to trick, I changed that to my case study explores how to like and one that just like sounds so much better, but also that how-to will just click with who I'm talking to and they'll be more drawn in than if I was just talking about, about this instead of saying how-to. The fifth tip, I also love this one, is use your hands. This is something I already did and I actually thought was maybe a bad thing, um, but if you do this in the correct way and use your hands to sort of emphasize certain points, this can really be helpful and again, if you look at TED Talks that are the most watched, they actually do have a lot of hand movement in them because they're utilizing that strategy, that tactic as a way to emphasize certain points and engage the audience physically. Number six is eye contact. This is something that I think is hard for a lot of people. Um, it can definitely be hard when you're nervous or you're trying to like think about what you're gonna say, but this tip is super helpful for that. So. Eye contact first and foremost, but then also noting the color of somebody's eyes. So this was a tip that was given in the session that I went to, to work on the elevator pitch. And it's so smart because I usually look at people's eyes, definitely give eye contact, but I feel like sometimes, especially like right at the beginning, I like look and then like look away. Um, but this sort of puts more intention behind it because you're not just looking at their eyes, look at their eyes. You're looking with the purpose of figuring out what color eyes they have, which also in turn will make you look a little bit longer than normal. Um, hopefully keep that eye contact going. So that's just a good tip to have in general is to try to note the color of somebody's eyes when you're speaking with them. Tip number seven is nonverbal feedback. This is again, another one that you might not necessarily think of, I didn't really think of, but it's so important because when you're talking to somebody and you can tell they're not really listening to you, that's the worst. So you don't want someone to feel that when you're talking to them. Like, let's say you just gave them your elevator pitch. They're saying something to you. You want to really make sure that they know that you're listening. So it's important to give them that nonverbal feedback. Keep your face alive, whether that's a head nod, a smile, whatever. Make sure that you're sort of giving them that back. Tip number eight is the power of the pause. As a very fast talker, especially when I'm nervous, this one is hard for me, but it really can do so much because when you add a pause, it adds drama and power and impact behind what you're saying. And it's also another way that you can emphasize certain points and really just bring something through to somebody who's listening to you. Tip number nine is to include details. Now, this is hard in an elevator pitch because you only have a short period of time to work with. Um, and I know summarizing, especially when you might have a lot to say is really hard, but it's important to include as many details as you can um, strategically, because especially if it's an event like I was at or like a career fair where there's lots of people talking to other people as well, 
it'll help them remember you, remember what you were talking about, remember what you were pitching when you include those details. So for example, in the session, um, an example that they mentioned to us was that include the brand that we did our case study on, include the name of the product if you had created a product, that type of thing. So obviously it'll probably be different for you, what you're pitching, but just whatever that detail is that you think you should include, try to include it when possible. And lastly, number 10, they called it signpost, which I never heard of before, but it's basically essentially the idea where you're just literally directing someone, pointing someone to an idea or key point that you really want them to walk away with remembering and understanding. So essentially just being very direct with your wording um, about a certain idea that you really want them to walk away with. So those are the 10 tips that I have. Now I'm gonna go into what I learned. So the biggest thing I learned is that you need to be adaptable and agile with your elevator pitch because it really depends on the nature of the event, the nature of the encounter, who you're speaking with, which sort of approach you should take with your elevator pitch. So for example, at the event I was at, the people at the beginning that came by my presentation, definitely I felt like they wanted that more formal pitch. So I, you know, whipped out my elevator pitch, um, said, you know, my elevator pitch that I remembered, had a more formal tone with them and really just used what I had remembered that I had already written down on my notes app. I didn't have it in front of me then, but what I had remembered from it. But then later on, I felt like the people that were coming up to me, it was just more conversational. And so I felt like I wanted to be less formal. And so it is hard because the elevator pitch is supposed to be that first thing that you say. So you sort of have to really gauge person and the environment and just the conversation sort of before you even really start saying anything, which can definitely be tricky. But I think that is important to just be aware, try to breathe the room, read the vibe as quick and successfully as possible, because you definitely should adapt your elevator pitch to the situation. Because you don't want to sound like a robot. You don't want to sound like you did or memorize something, even if you did which you should, but you don't want to sound like you did. Uh, you don't want to sound like repetitive or like a robot or anything. So just make sure to read the situation because sometimes you need to sort of adapt how you're saying things depending on who you're speaking with. And then I also learned that sometimes it's okay to just ditch the pitch altogether. Especially at the end of this event, for example, people like weren't coming by our presentations as much anymore. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to go into the crowd start networking, start mingling. And so sometimes it might just not be the right environment to have that formal or even informal elevator pitch. Sometimes it just might be better to just have a conversation with someone. And that conversation might be the impression that you need, not the elevator pitch. Um, so that's honestly what I learned the most is just being adaptable with your elevator pitch. It's definitely good to memorize it because for me, I know I'm not the best at summarizing things verbally. So it was really good for me to summarize my thoughts on my notes app earlier, memorize that. Cause even then in a conversation, I was able to provide like an explanation of what I was talking about in a more concise manner. So it's even good just for that. And then lastly, I do want to shout out the event I was at. 
because this is a really good opportunity if you're interested in going into the fashion industry. So the event was hosted by the Fashion Scholarship Fund. And essentially, this is an organization that focuses on empowering and supporting the next generation of the fashion industry. And they host an annual case study competition. And you do have to have, like, you have to go to a member school. Um, but my school is a member school. And basically, there's four different categories that you can submit your case study in. There's business strategy. There's merchandising, marketing analytics, which is what I did. And then I believe the last one is either design or product development. And you don't have to be a fashion student. I met some business students, engineering students when I was there, um, just sort of have like an interest in fashion. And you have a prompt sort of for each of those categories. And that's sort of what you're working with. You do research, you put together basically like sort of a project that you do in school. Um, and then you submit it. And then they decide, they pick around 120 winners and they actually flew us all out last week to New York City. And the things we got to do, I was just absolutely in awe, especially for it just being like a slideshow that, I mean, you obviously put a lot of work into it, but I couldn't believe the amount that I feel like I've gotten out of it um, for what, you know, I did. And so we got to do some pretty amazing things. We started out by going to the Condé Nast office in the One World Trade Center. And then there we got to hear from Vogue editors at a panel, including Anna Wintour, which if you are a fashion girl, you know is just absolutely like once in a lifetime amazing. And then from there, we went to the Nordstrom flagship store where we got to hear some advice and just career stories from some of the executives there and some of the fashion directors there which is really cool and then later we went to the fsf live gala which is where we present our case studies so basically there was just finals on different walls of sort of like our names a little bit about ourselves and about our presentations and we were all sort of scattered around the venue and then some also like pretty close together in certain areas um, and then also at this event, they honored Anna Wintour and Emma Greed. And it again, it just it's it was pretty amazing the people that were there. Um, like Martha Stewart was there, Carly Kloss hosted the event. Um, I met Sergio Hudson, the designer. I later learned I was standing right beside Tommy Hilfiger for like 10 minutes and didn't know. So I'm sad about that. But it was definitely such an amazing event and lots of like, I mean, to be in that room with all those people and have access to networking with those people is just so good. So I definitely recommend checking out the Fashion Scholarship Fund. And then I guess I'll also hit on the financial part of it, the scholarship part of it. So the minimum scholarship amount that you can win is $7,500, which is pretty significant. Like if you look at other scholarship competitions, 7,500 being the minimum is, I feel like, very rare. Um, and then from there, if you're a name scholar, which just means that one of their partner brands decides to, like, sponsor your, sponsor your scholarship, then it increases a bit. And then there is a final four. I was not a final four. I was a 
name scholar. I was a Skims scholar. And the final four, though, at this gala present a little bit about them, about their case, what they're hoping to do in the fashion industry. And then the winner is actually decided they're live. And the winner wins $25,000, which, again, I feel like is just crazy like it's just such a good opportunity and at least at my school I feel like not a lot of people knew about it so I just wanted to shout out the fashion scholarship fund and definitely look into it and if your school is a member school definitely definitely apply and if you have any questions feel free to dm me on the girls growing corporate instagram so all that being said I hope you can take all this information and build yourself an awesome elevator pitch and again definitely apply fashion scholarship funds or even just looking into other things like that where you're able to use your networking skills and using your elevator pitch and putting yourself in those positions i hope you enjoyed this episode if you did please leave a review and rating and follow girls growing corporate on tiktok and instagram and feel free to join our linkedin group as well where we post lots of great opportunities thanks for listening and see you next time